0: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
1: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome back to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich. Celebrating 150 years, it's time for the Social Club. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you send it into our Real Adventures Facebook or Instagram page. Or better yet, log on and download our app. It's free in the App Store, and you can have a chat to Aaron and I as well as look up recipes, plenty of fishing tips and tricks, and res reviews. Redmond, the first one for you is from Travis. Yep. Uh, What size squid is best eating?
0: Going the small ones, Pat. Now, the reason for it, I don't think it actually changes. I've eaten big squid too, but the problem with them is they're harder to cook so, it's actually about the cooking side of it. You can't get them as soft and tender. Where those little calamari, you put them on the fry pan for 30 seconds and flick it around a couple of times, they pretty much come out soft every single time. I, I quite often, a little cheat way, if you're being lazy, I buy a few of them just when I have people over so I don't have to make too much of a mess. Is, you know, the uh, in Woolworths, you just the, underneath the spices rack, they've got a packet of... It's, it's a green packet. I don't know the brand of it. I always forget the brand of it, but you can't miss it. It says, salt and cal, uh, it says salt and pepper calamari flour, pre-mixed, and for some reason, it always tastes better than the one that I make at home. So I recommend finding that. It's really <laughs> nice. It's really good to use. And just chuck that on with a bit of oil in the pan and just drop your squid like I said 30 seconds and it works a treat and like if, if the missus has given me credit then you know it's actually tasting pretty good and those big ones you can use them to eat there's nothing wrong with using those big squid to eat but for chasing snapper in the bay and offshore those big juicy calamari rings I think if you want to get a snapper they do make those difference as well pat I just think the the big round big round tubes big pieces, nice and thin, rather than using the small ones and having them fat and not as tall. So that there is definitely a good point as well if you are going to be chasing some snapper. Next question, Pat, is from Graham. I'm looking at purchasing a new trailer at the moment. What are your thoughts on gal versus aluminium?
1: Patrick? Well, when people talk about galvanised trailers, basically it's hot. It's a hot-dipped galvanised finish, but I think that the big change over the last few years has been building them from aluminium. And I'm a big fan of aluminium simply because it reduces the overall weight of the trailer. And for me with the boat I've got, and no, I've got two, two boats, I've got a Craft 1550, so it's smaller, and that's a hot dipped um, galvanized trailer. And I use that simply because it, it's cheaper versus the 750 North Bank that's just about or being built at the moment, weight was a real concern. Um, and I think early days people were a bit concerned around aluminium. Is it as strong? Um, there's been, you know, it's less of an issue now because they've been in the market for, for a long period of time. But early on it's like, oh, we haven't seen these before. Are there going to be issues when it comes to longevity and these sorts of things? Um, the other reason I think aluminium is brilliant is because it's far or well, just doesn't corrode, far less uh, prone to corrosion, um, and therefore lasts longer. So um, it's all it all always comes back to budget. If you've got a good budget, I would go aluminium, but there's certainly reasons to go galvanised trailers.
0: Also, they aluminium does resist rust and corrosion better than gal as well, pad, which is a massive thing too. So that going into salt water quite a bit, which myself which is basically every day that's a factor for me but price as well it comes down to your budget too because they can be very pricey aluminum trailers as well like i know no doubt. like yeah. so i think yeah so trailers are up to 20 grand at times like you be like looking at a trailer for your bigger boat you got are you only going two wheels or not or three
1: no, it's just and dual wheels. Like yeah, just dual. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, yeah. and you, the bigger the boat you get, the more expensive, obviously, it's going to be. And you like for those three wheel trailers, you're looking at over twenty grand at times. Pat, we're down to a little six meter one with me. You're looking at over ten grand, like twelve grand. So they are yeah. a pricey. They are a pricey product to uh to to purchase.
1: Yeah, what they do do is you have a good trailer, you're far more inclined to actually use your boat, tow it, trailer it to different places. Yeah, versus. Having a sh- crap trailer, and then never being inclined to want to take it anywhere other than the five minutes away local boat ramp. And it's funny
0: you, you say just... that. Honestly, do you know how many people don't travel due to their trailer? Like, yep. hon- honest to God, there is so many people that that say, "I'm not. Oh, nah, no, nah, my trailer's no. No, nah, my trailer's no good. I'm not doing that." And that's reduced that restricts your your fishing. So. Yes, they can be pricey, but I think it is an investment well worth purchasing.
1: Aaron, next question is from Timothy. When it comes to burly buckets, do you prefer steel bur- burley buckets or plastic? I'm looking for a new one, but I don't want to spend too much.
0: You, uh, you've got two purposes for them. Your lead burly cages, your steel ones, that's the only one I would buy ever. Those little plastic ones, which are pretty ordinary at times. They're quite cheap. The only thing I would probably use them for is maybe putting bread in to catch garfish with the sock that it comes with. That's pretty much yeah. it. Those big, <laughs> those steel ones, uh, steel lead cages, we'll call them, and we talk about them on the show all the time for whiting, whatever it is. You could, It comes with a, a uh, mesh, a gutter, a gutter mesh that sits actually in it. And, it can control the flow of burley that's coming out of it anyway. So for forty bucks or sixty bucks, depending on the size, the smaller ones are roughly forty, give or take. I just use the and ones, and the sixty dollars ones are the tall ones. Doesn't make a difference. If you have small or big. The only thing that I would recommend to do is add in weight. The reason for this is tidal waters, for example, like myself that I fish, you need it to hold bottom. You need you don't want it to be. Yes, they come lead-weighted already, but if you get a nice, strong tide that I had during the week, beautiful tides, your cages will end up floating in the top of the water because they're not that quite not quite heavy enough. So what I do is I've actually managed to find two lead circles, and I've just, like, quite heavy, and I just cable-tied them to the bottom of it. You can put a, a, uh, a lead weight, so, for example, a dive weight, which are about a kilo and a half each. You can drop that in the bottom of it as well, but the problem is when you're mashing your pillies up, it gets all over it and stinks in the end. So if you can keep it on the outside... That's the way I'd be going.
1: You see plenty of boats with externally mounted burly buckets. I'm assuming you're not a subscriber to mounting the burly bucket on the back of your boat. They are unless good. You're, <laughs> unless you're chasing
0: <laughs> sharks. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. The only thing they're good for is sharks. Uh, yeah, you won't be drilling any holes in the back of my boat to put that on. I'll give you the tip, Pat. It's not. It's not It's definitely not the first thing I'll be putting on. I probably won't put it on. For sharks, I actually just use... A good point is just a scale bag. So a in scale bag is fantastic to use. You could chuck that out the side of the boat. And you and I have caught a couple of big sharks together and just the scale bag over the side with a nice burly log that you know where it's been made from. That's a key. You don't want to go buying rubbish from the servo that you don't know what it is. Some servos locally close to fishmongers and that buy the logs off them and that they, well, they store them there. They, they're great, but don't buy crappy ones. It's, it just doesn't increase your chances in catching a fish.
1: Uh, Last question is from Sean. Hi, boys. Uh, I've just recently purchased a boat and the clears on it are shot to pieces. Is there anything I can do to restore them or do they need replacing? Once they go. That's bad news. Yeah. I've got got some (laughs) bad (laughs) news for you, Sean. (laughs) Unfortunately, clears are one of those things unless you treat them well. Uh, you, you need to replace them because once they scratch, it's actually indentations in that actual plastic itself. So there's nothing you can do. You can't buff them out. It's not like that.
0: I was just about to say that. There's no buff going to get yeah. that out.
1: Yeah, it's not. A, it's not a glass or anything. And even a lot of a lot of the windshields that um, you know that runabout boats use are often perspex, and they themselves can scratch. them. And once they're scratched, you can't. You can't fix it. It's not like dealing with glass, is it?
0: No, you're spot on, and you, clears are. I, I'm going into the six meter north bank, and I'm I'm a bit worried. I'll be honest with you. I went the six meter north bank. I'm a bit worried about the clears. So, because I've had a hard top for so long, the the window side of it. If but the problem is, if you don't look after your hard top's window, your glass by using Raynex and keeping it clean. So after I travel anywhere, so if I'm going to Portland tomorrow, which I'm well and truly not, when I get there, I get the fly, <laughs> I get the flies off the windscreen for the next day just because I don't want to be sitting there sending someone around the front trying to, no, no, I get it. And then once you touch the windscreen, when you're on the water, in the inside or out, you're not going to ever fix it for that day unless you have Windex or something to get that glass. Once you smudge it, if you're in a car and you, hit, you, you put your hand on the window, it stuffs your windscreen up in seconds. So don't... Go using your hands and that on glass. Use RainX and Windex before you go out. And with the clears, yeah, like it's a, it's it's they they're good for a while, but when they do scratch, like you said, if you don't look after them properly, they're going to be screwed, and you're basically going to catch a hell of a lot less fish if you can't see.
1: That is the social club. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you shoot it into our Real Adventures Facebook or Instagram page as well as our Real Adventures app, you can download at the App Store. Uh, It is time for our dream boating destinations, Redmond, and I'm not sure you're necessarily gonna be towing your boat this far north. We're talking about Sweers Island this morning, which is an island uh, in the Gulf of Carpentaria in Queensland, and it is very, very remote. It reminds me a lot of Groot Island. but in terms of an isolated fishing destination where you aren't going to see too many people, this is just about as good as it gets,
0: Aaron. I said, to you, you sort of said at the start of this, you're like, oh, this place. And I said, you said, oh, no, it's pretty isolated. I'm like, that's the best thing I've heard all day. I'd love to go isolated place. It'd be unreal to fish there. So I'm, I said, we've got to do this one. This is a place that now I'd never heard of it before till you mentioned. And some of the fish they catch here, Pat, sweet lip, which is one of the tastiest fish going around. You've got finger, m- which are, uh, also, you've got cold and trevally, guy, all sorts of parrot fish, and in winter, obviously with the colder water that comes through, you've got the pelag- pelagic fish, and you're going to see Spanish mackerel, you're going to have grey mackerel, giant trevally, queenfish, basically everything. Of course, the cobia, patlia, caught a monster one of those, uh, in Cairns last year, which was nice to catch. Snuck a oh, sneaky heavy, jig down head. just before the show finished. Head long, yeah. <laughs> it was a good fish. But... This place, like you said, I wouldn't be towing a boat. The Gulf waters out that way, are uh, they can get dangerous very quickly. It can be literally glass calm, no wind, and then it can be gale force within minutes. And you're talking 25 plus knots. So I would recommend attending a charter boat over there. Uh, it'd be one of the, yeah, it'd be definitely the, what I would be doing if I was heading there. Um, and you've got Sweers Fishing Adventures, which is a fantastic, I've done a bit of research on this and they work really well out of that area. So Sweers Fishing Adventures, if you are going to head to Sweers Island. It's important
1: to uh, note also during this year with COVID-19, uh, Sweers Island has reopened, but it's in a very limited capacity and they're only taking bookings from Queensland. Um, residents and um Regional um, Queensland residents. So if you're from interstate, it's not an option, unfortunately, but that is the world we live in at the moment. Everyone this hates SUV. Being... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone does. Uh, that's our dream boating destination for this morning. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich. Get up to $150 cash back when you purchase four or more BF Goodrich passenger or SUV tiles. Get in before September 30.